Welcome to Capital Cash Flow Show 29. This is your host, Abraham Anderson. Today, uh, we have with us a very special guest, Ryan Neris. Ryan uh, owns 20 mobile home parks, about 1,800 pads, and he started with nothing. No money, no experience, and no network. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we've known each other for a little while. Um, you know, enjoy the friendship and the connection. And I think uh, you have a pretty interesting story. Uh, could you tell the listeners uh, what you did before you got into mobile home parks? Yeah, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I bought the lie. The study really hard, go to school, then you'll get to a really good college, and then you'll get a really good job. And then you work at that job, you climb the corporate ladder, you'll graduate on to retirement at a beach in a country club and drink martinis all day, play golf, whatever, whatever. And yeah, I mean, maybe that was true for our parents or our grandparents, but certainly it's not true for millennials. It's, you know, this is how it goes. You stress yourself out in high school, trying to get really good grades, get into AP classes, IB classes, whatever. And then I went to Wake Forest University, which is not an Ivy League school, but is pretty darn competitive. It's consistently been top 25, uh, academically speaking. So good school. Most people have heard of it. Then get a good job. Wells Fargo is where I worked amongst a couple other places, bigger organizations. I mean, I'd like to think I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty hardworking. And I found myself in my late 20s with student loan debt and no money and no passion for what I was doing. I felt overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, and like I couldn't be creative or be myself. And I felt stuck and I had to figure out a way out. And I took years trying to figure out who I was, years, who I was, what I wanted to do when I grew up, so to speak. And after looking at over 100 businesses to start, starting and failing at three, I found mobile home parks. So I had no money. I had no network. I had no experience. I had truly no idea what I was doing. And I just found a way to get it, get it going. Interesting. You know, and I agree with everything you said regarding the big lie of, oh, just study hard, get a good job. And I mean, I think COVID has shown us that there really is no job security. <laughs> I mean, I personally know of multiple people that got laid off. They've been there for multiple years and just gone. Um, so uh, there's a quote from Warren Buffett that I keep in mind that says, if you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, you'll keep working until you die. <laughs> So um, I, I agree with your, your analysis there of, of the, uh, you know, the job market and, and that whole uh, rat race. Um, what, uh, um, what, how did you get specifically into parks or real estate? Like what led you from the corporate life uh, over to that? Some people, you know, they, they just want to start a business, uh, maybe a restaurant or something like that. Um, you gravitated towards real estate. So how did, how did that come about? was not a quick process. So I graduated undergrad in 2009. I got to watch the economy collapse during my senior year. <laughs> Quite an experience. I ended up having to welcome, take a welcome job. Welcome to the adult world. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> having no money in the economy is trash. It was awful. I, I love people and I wanted to be in sales and no one was hiring for sales. So I had to take a job as a telemarketer, which was 
the worst job by a mile I've ever had. And then I worked part-time for Best Buy and then I sold cars. So I, no one was hiring for legitimate sales jobs, right? B2B sales. Like nobody wanted to hire a kid fresh out of college, even at a, a good school like Wake Forest University. It shows a lot of promise. You know, no one wanted to take a chance on me. And I was like, okay, no one wants to take a chance on me. I'm going to go make my own luck because I'm not going to sit around doing nothing. And so I sold cars for four years, which was an incredible experience for a lot of different reasons. People walk in and they don't realize that you love donating your time and money to charity. They don't realize how much you love dogs and your family and that you went to Wake Forest University and that you're bilingual. They don't care. You're a crummy car salesman. And I got to say, that is an amazing skill to learn because most people don't lean into confrontation. I hate confrontation, but let me tell you something. I will lean into it if I have to because of my experience selling cars. So to me, that was a wonderful experience. But even then, Abraham, when I was at the car dealership, and I think people will relate to this, I was sitting down with a bunch of folks there one guy who got that big coveted promotion to the finance office. And then another guy who had the coveted promotion to the sales desk. And then, you know, above that is the general sales manager and then the general manager, and then maybe a a regional manager or whatever. And, And I remember sitting down with all of them, hearing how much money they made versus how many hours they worked, how many sacrifices that they had, they had to make. And, and again, to your point, they make money in their sleep. They got to show up. You got to eat what you kill pretty much. So, and then I remember sitting down with my GM, my general manager, and he was like, you work your way up to where I'm at. You'll make $300,000 a year, plus, 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 and you get Sundays. Like that. So in other words, you don't get to see your kids except for on Sunday. And let me guess, you're probably not really going to want to do anything but chill out on Sunday after working six days. So I'm looking at that. And I'm like, this is stupid. For what? For money? I was like, you know who I want to be? I want to be the guy whose name is on the side of the building. I was like, how do I get that? He shows up in his Ferrari, tells everybody they did a good job. They give him an award because of politics. And then he drives in his Ferrari back to his country club. I was like, that's what I want. And that was 2010. So in other words, that was early on when I realized I needed to own a business. I mean, we're talking 12 months, 18 months after I graduated. Well, uh, that's a good thing you realized it in 12 months and not 12 years or, or 30 years or 40 years. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, but here's the thing even though I realized it, it still took me two years to really figure out that I needed to start a business. So it wasn't until 2012 where I really just started feverishly reading any book I could get my hands on. And then it wasn't until 2015 that I discovered mobile home parks. And it wasn't until 2017 that I went full-time. So, I mean, we're talking the better part of a decade before I even got full-time in mobile home parks. And by the way, full-time meant literally living in a double wide, paying myself $35,000 a year with no benefits, no 401k, no nothing. Four hours away, four hours away from my friends and family. Did that for 14 months and moved into another one. So, I mean, we're talking, I basically lived in a mobile home park for, uh, you know, off and on for basically 18 months. And then I didn't really start paying myself more than $35,000 until last year. So, I mean, just so folks listening in know, this isn't like, oh, well, you had nothing, no network, no experience, no nothing. And it just started mobile home parks. No, we're talking the better part of a decade, if not over a decade to get where I'm at. 
Um, Cause it's not really fair to say, well, I started six years ago. No, like I really started right after college. I just didn't know it was going to be mobile home parks yet. Absolutely. And, and people don't, they see the success. They don't see all of the hours, the studying, the hard work, the calling, the reading the books. They don't see everything that goes into the last step, the thing they see. Oh, well, look at what this guy's created. Man, he must be lucky. I like what you said about, uh, you know, you'd make your own luck. There's a quote from Thomas Jefferson that says, I believe in luck. The harder I work, the luckier I am. So <laughs> you definitely, uh, you're, you are making your own luck. Well, thank you. I, I kind of get a little low key angry when I see people bragging on Facebook about all the action that they're doing. Not because I'm not proud of their success. It's that I know that people are looking at that and they're walking away with negative feelings, being like, man, I'm getting FOMO because I'm, I'm missing out or, wow, like this person is doing 360 degree dunks and not realizing that that person to get to that level where they can make that Facebook post has done a lot of work. And I just kind of get maybe angry is not the right word, frustrated that I, I really wish that those braggadocious, hey, look what I just closed were more about how hard it was to get to that point. And that's why you don't really see me really, I, I try never to brag about my success online because I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about what you can learn from me. And if you can learn anything from me is that it's not quick, it's very slow and it's a grind for many different reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a, uh, there's a fine line between trying to bring people into the space by talking about what you're doing and what you can achieve without appearing as if you're bragging. You know, when I, when I try to share, you know, my success or, or what I'm doing with people, I try to do it from the angle of, Hey, you could do this too. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, I've actually, uh, I'm something I'm, I am proud of. And I will brag myself, I guess for a second. I was, I've gotten, uh, three of my siblings and my parents to invest in, mobile home parks since I started. So I really feel good about that because I'm helping them achieve financial freedom. And that's yeah. what I want to do. I want to help other people achieve what I've done. I want to help other yes. people get into real estate and escape the rat race and really create wealth for themselves. I couldn't agree more. The only layer I'd add on to that is I want to see more good people in this space like me and you. You know, I, I want people to help our reputation as a real estate niche, not to be the trailer parks, but to be the community owners who really help create a community and keep it safe and clean and, and give back to their residents. That's how we will not be viewed in a derogatory sense anymore as if we welcome good would be entrepreneurs off the sidelines and into the game. So I couldn't agree more. I just hate it that social media tends to favor bragging. So what I've yes. kind of done is I'll kind of like make a braggy post just to get the clicks and the likes and the comment. And then I pack in as much helpful content in there just, and I roll my eyes every time I do it. Cause I'm like, Oh goodness, I have to like brag to get likes and comments and, then, you know, you're basically putting a little sugar on top of the vegetables, if you will. Absolutely. We can't control the algorithms of social media. So you got to play the game to get them in and then you give them the, the wholesome content. <laughs> People want to see you win, man. That's what they want. They want the sexy stuff. But uh, yeah. yes. Um, so you started in 2015. Um, mm -hmm. What drew you to mobile home parks uh, versus other types of real estate? Like how, specifically parks. How did you get into that? 
So I had looked at over a hundred businesses, started three, failed all of them, lost money, not a dramatic amount because I didn't have that much money to begin with, but I had been looking in for years. So call it plus or minus three years that I had been looking for a business to start. And when mobile home parks was tossed my way, the thing that's jumped out to me immediately is that I had read somewhere that kids getting their education, it comes down to people care and also like parents care, but beyond just parents caring, it's also the people they surround themselves with. So in other words, if you have a dungy trailer park with awful drugs and crime and all sorts of knuckleheads in it, those kids are going to grow up around that and feel like that's normal. Whereas if they're just growing up with normal parents who happen to live in a mobile home park and it's clean and it's safe and there's no drugs or crime, they stand a better chance to get their education. And I remember, I think it was Tim Ferriss's four hour work week that basically said, you have to find your passion. And when you find your passion, that's when you'll find your consistency. So like Gary Vaynerchuk says that all the time. He's like, you find your passion and that's how the key to staying consistent. And so Tim Ferriss, I believe it was Tim Ferriss. He floats the idea of what did you do in your childhood that nobody had to pay you to do? And what does that continue on in your adulthood? And I just realized since I was a kid, I had been tutoring underprivileged kids because I just have this passion since I had a learning disability growing up and parents who cared enough to put me in a situation where I could get my education and thrive academically. I I just, I guess I realized that other people didn't have that at a young age. And so I just realized nobody's asking me to do this. I'm not getting paid to do this. I am donating my time and my money to helping kids get their education because I want to have them have advantages that I had that they didn't. And when I, when mobile home parks hit, it wasn't the money. It wasn't the freedom. It wasn't, it was the, this is how I can really make a difference in the world. And then from there, you're like, oh, wow, it's also lucrative and it's this and it's that, and it's all sorts of other things. But for me, that was the initial hook. And then it just having come from selling cars there's a lot of similarities to car sales and mobile homes because they're literally on wheels. <laughs> so they're titled and it's sales and it's overcoming objections and it's, and it's organization and operations and all that stuff. So I just realized that even after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I, I, everybody reads that and goes, oh my gosh, I got to get into real estate, right? And I just kind of realized that this fit me like a glove. But it had been three years of actively looking for a business to start. So I want to highlight that too, that it wasn't just that I went, man, my professional goals and my charitable goals are matched into one plus my skills fit here. This was literally years of trying to find this. Gotcha. And again, going back to what we said, I mean, this it's not something overnight. It sounds like you spent a lot of time in several businesses that didn't work out before you found your passion and the outlet to do that, which was mobile home parks. Um, Going back to what you said about, you know, cleaning up communities and then really uh, making them a nice place to live for these kids, getting rid of drug dealers. Um, Personally, we've had three different police districts talk to our managers and say, you know, we used to come in here all the time and now we're never here. You know, thank you so much for, for, for getting rid of the bad people. 
and, and clean this place up. There was one, the last one this happened to was kind of funny that the, uh, the officer uh, came up to our manager and said, uh, in every small town, we have three big issues. That's trailer parks, motels, and truck stops in that order. <laughs> and they said, and, and you have solved the, the first one for us. We no longer have issues with the trailer parks in this town. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. You know, we are cleaning it up. And another awesome opportunity you have in this space is to make people homeowners. And yep. one memory I have, one of the first homes we sold off uh, to this uh, couple, as soon as we signed the papers, signed the title, gave them the title, they were right then out there picking up weeds in their yard beautifying their yard instantly. I mean, that's, they'd never owned a home in their life. They were ecstatic. So those are just a couple of the rewarding things that you do find beyond, you know, the reasons, the other reasons we're in it for, for the money or for, for whatever else, it's really rewarding to be able to have an impact on your communities. I couldn't agree more. And we've had police officers, sheriffs, firefighters, all sorts of folks move in to our mobile home park same thing as soon as as people take that ownership it's like it's you're literally building a community and a lot of people don't realize this but people will move into a mobile home park for the community you know i live in a neighborhood right now i've lived in neighborhoods plenty of times over the years and barely known any of my neighbors at mobile home parks about everybody knows everybody and they hang out, they get each other's backs. I mean, it's, it, you just don't see that anymore. Now, when I remember when we were kids, if someone rang the doorbell, you would get excited and run to the door. Oh my gosh, company. Now, if someone rings the doorbell, I'm like, who's doing the drop in on me? You could have texted, you could have called, you could have let me know. This is annoying. It's probably a door-to-door salesperson. It's just, it's culturally changed, but Mobile home parks have been largely unaffected. And, and to me, Abraham, look, man, I want to help stuff like that. I, I do. I want to promote stuff like that. I want to make our communities better. I, I want to get those compliments from the, the local code enforcers who are mind-blowing that you're willing to not only respond to their email, but show up and meet them in person and work through issues with them. And you know, the, the local town officials and everything, you know, yeah, some mobile home parks are in jeopardy of getting shut down because town officials are knuckleheads, but a lot of them are ecstatic that you show up and you, you clean it up. But I mean, to me, it all comes down to this. I, it really bothers me when people are like, I want a value add opportunity. And you're like, well, what's that? Well, raise the rents, maybe spend some money. It's like, that's not really you raise the rent. That's not value add. Exactly. Value that's value add for you. Account. Yeah, yeah. That's value. Me. Oh, we replace the mailboxes. It's like no man. To really make somebody's life different is to do what you said just a second ago. Make someone a homeowner, or get out crime, or or clean up stuff so people take pride in where they live. That to me is the value add, and I love doing that. And I want to welcome more people into the space to do that. Absolutely. That's, that's why we're here. I know you have a podcast as well and you're, you're doing it even more than I am. So, uh, we're, uh, you're, you're truly consistent with you, with your values. So, uh, um, you know, I, uh, just out of curiosity, how many people do you think you've helped to, to buy parks and become, I know it's quite a few, how many have you helped to become park owners and bring into the space? I don't even track it, but it's a lot. I mean, my mentorship program alone, I would say at least 15, that's awesome. Are, 
are now mobile home park, if not more than that, are now mobile home park owners. That's a little not fair though, because I only cher- I cherry pick who I let into my my program. I, I don't. I try my best to screen out the tire kickers who are like, I just I'm in this for the money, right? Who I'm like, okay, you're clearly going to quit in like six months. So I try to screen those folks out, but the ones who are really dedicated, who a lot of whom I can't really take credit for, Abraham, they they're going to be rock stars anyway, and they just you know, they happen to find me and I'm like, this is a no brainer, let them in. But beyond them. So for Seco, which is coming up in 30 days, I have a newcomers to the space panel and all three of them are now mobile home park owners because of me. And last year we had three as well. So I I know for a fact, there's a lot of folks here who are like, I'm here and in part because of Ryan so it's been a lot of folks, which has been good, but hey, listen, it takes a village. There's not one single person out there who is an owner just because of me. They, they still had other mentors and other people to help them along the way. And as long as it can be a small part or a big part in your success, I, I, that, you know, Sean, our mutual friend, Sean's like, you got to have an angle here, dude. That's like, no, I, I, I really, truly don't. I'm really, it, it is exhilarating seeing someone break free of corporate America and chase after their passion. It's like how Morpheus must have felt in the matrix when someone takes, what is it? The, the red pill or the yes. blue pill or the red pill, the red one pill. of the two pills. And, and now they're free. You'll free your mind. Like that is what is exhilarating for me is, is welcoming a wonderful would be entrepreneur to our space to do some really great things. And I know if, if they're, uh, if you're mentoring them, then they're going to do it correctly. <laughs> and, and good, like you said, good guys coming into the space and doing things right. Uh, yeah. So what would you say, what's your best advice for somebody trying to get into parks? What should they do first uh, if they're trying to get into it? Uh, first, make, make sure you love it. A lot of times all people will be like, my why is more time for my family. It's like, that's not a mobile home park specific. Why. That's a great why, but that's, you could go and start, you could open up a bicycle shop because you want more time with your family. You could start a Tim Ferriss for our work week company online and automate it and have more time with your family. That is not mobile home park specific. So to me, make sure that you are truly passionate about this space and you're not escaping something. You're not seeking freedom from a job you don't like or freedom to more time with your family or more time traveling, you, you need to make sure you've picked something that's going to have staying power because you love it. So I would say that's probably my best advice. And then, you know, I, I would say the four things that I did starting out that if you were to ask me, what would I do all over again? First and foremost, learning. Secondly, networking. Third, self-assessing. And four, sacrificing. So I'll hit those really quick. Learning. Listening to podcasts like this, listening to podcasts like mine, Mobile Home Parks in Real Life, MHPIRL, and all the other podcasts, networking, meet people. I want to meet you. I don't care if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or homeless. I don't care. I will, I will meet you. I don't care. I genuinely love helping people, and so does Abraham. Like We want to meet you. We want to help you. Go out and find those people. Uh, your network is going to make you stronger, period. Self-assessing. Again, you need to know who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what brings you energy and what tires you out. What are you going to eventually quit because you hate it? And what are you going to do for 30 years? Because you don't care if you get paid or not. Those are very, that'll help you outsource and insource, right? So 
And then the, the, probably arguably the most important thing, sacrifice. You are not going to get where you want to go without making a sacrifice of some degree at some point. And let me tell you something, the definition, according to Meridian Webster's of sacrifice in so many words is giving up something of value to you to get something else of value. In other words, you're giving up something that you want, you like, that's valuable to you to get something else. In other words, it's going to hurt. Yes. So those are my big four. That's awesome. And I really like how you started with figure out if you love this or not. That's something that's not really talked about a whole lot. Because if you're just trying to quit your job because you hate it, well, you might hate this too. I mean, it is a ton of work, especially if you're just getting started and you don't have enough money to hire, you know, a full-time property manager or, or a full-time, uh, you know, repairman. I mean, you're going to be doing a lot of this stuff yourself if you're just trying to create sweat equity and get into it. So unless you really love it, like you mentioned, I mean, you might do this for six months and get months and get burnt out. Um, so I, I really do think, and then to your, you know, the next points, um, educate yourself. There's lots of free content out there. Like you said, your podcast, other podcasts that are out there, really dig into it. Uh, and if you, if you really think you love it, then maybe sign up for a mentorship program like the one you have or uh, another course. And, and as you said as well, networking events. Uh, before COVID, I used to go to all my local uh, real estate events. And uh, it, was, it was fun. It truly was fun. You can see all the different types of uh, investing people are doing, meet some great people, share information. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, good advice there. Um, what, uh, just a short question here now, what would you say is your favorite real estate book? Oh, that's or just book in general. If you have a motivational book or, or just let's general. let's go rich dad, poor dad, just because that opened up my mind to real estate. And the, but every everybody that's a must read. Everybody's got to read that. I would say I would say Mastery by Robert Greene is probably my favorite book, period, just because it just answers so many questions about human psychology, what you want, what you want to chase after in life and how to get it. Or anything by Robert Greene, because he's my favorite author. Him or Malcolm Gladwell are, are my two favorite authors. Yes, excellent. Um, I know uh, 10,000 hours. You could have spent 10,000 hours of something to become a master at it. Um, I, I need to reread uh, uh, the mastery book. It's definitely a good one. Um, well, Ryan, I really appreciate you, you coming on here. Lots of great advice. Um, where can people learn more about you or get in touch? Like my favorite rapper Tupac used to say, I ain't hard to find. My name is Ryan Naris. It's spelled N-A-R-U-S. That's N like nurse. I am tattooed all over the internet. So if you Google me, my website, ArchimedesGRP.com should be the first or second thing to come up. And so is my LinkedIn. I'm an open book. You can reach out to me directly. I want to hear from you. I mean that. I genuinely love helping people. Don't expect anything in return. So if you've listened in and you think I can help you or my words have expired, inspired you, like, please reach out to me. I mean that. Do not hesitate. I am so happy to help. Hey, serious guys. Listen, reach out to him. He, he's a cool guy. So again, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on here. Really yeah. appreciate it. And I look forward to talking in the future. We'll talk soon.